Hey, it's Vipe from HDX Hydration Mix with another episode of our HD Expedition podcast. I run across some amazing people, and this series of shows is my way to learn more about the work these folks are doing, but also to share something that I think you'd want to know about. I like to find entrepreneurs that have interesting stories, but also are doing something different. And today, my guest is Jim Riley from Baja United Wines. Now, you might be thinking Baja as in Mexico and wine from Mexico. Yeah, you heard right. As I learned from my talk with Jim, Baja is more than just surf, amazing food, stellar coastlines, and beautiful people. It also has an emerging wine industry, and Baja United Wines is leading the way. But it's not just about wine, as I found out. It's also a way to give back to the community that Jim and his business partner, Eric, have become so connected to. And their motto is, live with purpose. Sounds like a great way to run a business and live life. So let me introduce you to Jim and Baja United Wines. So look, Jim, you know, I've been hearing about Baja United. I'm really curious. And uh, for me, I've been going down to Mexico since I was 17. And when I think of Mexico, I think of waves and sand and amazing people and food and the culture and everything that's exciting, the adventures and the cervezas. But never in a million years would I have thought about wine. How did that come about? Yeah, I knew that's where you were heading with all that. By the way, see, I usually give the year that I started going to Mexico, which was in 1983. So I'll let everybody else do the math on that. And um, Yeah, you know, it is easy to think about Mexico in all those contexts that you just mentioned. Wine was the furthest one from my plate. And uh, to be honest with you, I've been driving by the wine region all these years looking towards the Pacific for waves and not to the east for wine. But um, our good friend Eric Morley over at Blue Sea Advertising, he's the one that opened that world up to me. And he'd actually been bugging me about it for quite a few years. And then there's a couple guys in off-road racing that were always talking about the wine valley. My buddy Lee Banning's like, you got to go. It's the best, you know. But uh, we go down there to race and surf, so we just didn't even think about it. We're there now. Yeah, absolutely. So... Look, let's backtrack a little bit. You, you've you've had some experience in the alcohol space, from Kettle One to Azunia Tequila. Now you're pivoting into wine. Let's talk about the history of your uh, career in, in in alcohol. Yeah, and you know, I, I would like to just kind of mention a little bit about what got me uh, so interested in Baja in the first place. You know, besides surfing, you know, we're all Southern Californians here in this room, and it's easy to cross the border and go surfing. Um, and I spent a lot of years doing that, but I really got passionate about Baja when I was taken down there um, by my church group here in Orange County. Uh, it's Rock Harbor now, it was Mariners then. Um, and we, we went to these orphanages down there, and you know, I was living the life, fast life, spending money, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and I slowed down for a weekend to go down there and hit these orphanages and support them. And uh, for me, that was a really an eye-opener not only to who I was, but what Baja was really about when you get past the surf and the tacos, right? And um, so I've been super passionate about Baja for at least the last 20 years as it relates to things um, that have meaning and depth. Uh, so that's always, it's been on my radar and I, I like to talk about that because it's a foundation for a lot of things that I've done in my life, in, including my career choices. So at the time I was making tons of money. I was uh, the most successful store manager with In-N-Out Burger. Um, we were the first store to sell a million hamburgers in one year. This is uh, up at the uh, Inglewood LA store. And uh, 
what had happened was I, I was in Mammoth the weekend before going to Mexico and having a good time, blew a bunch of money on new snowboard gear and hotels, you know, all that stuff. And um, the following weekend, I went down to Baja. I did the orphanage trip and realized the same money I blew the weekend before in Mammoth would make a difference in a lot of kids' lives that live in these orphanages, you know. So if you look at our budget for that church trip, it was $5,000. Well, I'd almost blown $5,000 a Mammoth the weekend before. And so what I did is it restructured my life, and uh, it made me really dig into who I was, what I was doing with my time and my money, and what my priorities were. And I realized I was working for money and all these selfish things instead of for others. And I literally made a career decision to leave the company, which is uh, semi-family related, and uh, I moved to Tahoe to restructure my life and focus on things that are important to, to others and giving back and kind of what I learned uh, doing these orphanage trips. And uh, I transitioned into taking a minimum wage job up in Lake Tahoe and just trying to figure it out from there. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get some really good jobs from then on, but it was with the notion of I want to help others or be involved with something that I'm passionate about as opposed to the money. So the career path in brief was I landed a job at the buffet. <laughs> you know, I said minimum <laughs> wage, right? Landed a job at the buffet. I wound up meeting the director of the ski resort, Sierra Tahoe, and uh, he hired me basically on the spot because of my in and out background. And I became the food and beverage director for Sierra Tahoe Ski Resort, which is known for paving the way in snowboarding. Um, so super cool period in my life to be there. I remember we cut the first big half pipe up there because it was the Vans Triple Crown. And uh, But the job was incredible. It was about enjoying outdoors and you know, it wasn't about making money. Nobody makes money up in Lake Tahoe. And uh, it just started paving the path for me. And uh, it opened up a door for me in TV, oddly enough. I did a, a cooking show for two years on Saturday mornings with PAX Television that aired from Sacramento to Reno and um, started learning a little bit about marketing and, and things like that. And uh, eventually I tired of Tahoe because it's like being on an island. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's just not a lot to do after you've done it all. And I uh, came back to Orange County and um, it was kind of a funny story. This would be my first or really second intro into the spirits because we sold spirits and alcohol at the ski resort. But it was at a fundraiser because that's kind of the new me, right? Let's get involved. And I was at a fundraiser and I met the, uh, the president and the owner of Kettle One Vodka. And uh, it's kind of a funny story because we're sitting around a nice table. We're all in black and white tuxedos, drinking apple martinis made out of Kettle One. They didn't know I'd been surfing two hours earlier, and I was all sad, right? <laughs> I was pretty scrubbed up. But uh, Bill Eldine, the president of Kettle, he looks at me and goes, Hey, Jim, I really like your style. Would you consider coming to work for us? And I looked at him half laughing. I'm like, Bill, we're all dressed the same, drinking the same drink. Of course you like my style, right? And uh, he chuckled, but I went in on the office on, on Monday morning the following week, and um, he said, look, we're looking for somebody with some experience, maybe in food and beverage, but this TV thing you're doing, that sounds like something we want to get involved with in Hollywood. And I didn't put the brakes on and tell him it was only PAX TV in Lake Tahoe, you know. But um, he, he hired me, and I was really the first official marketing person with the marketing title. We had a sales guy doing marketing before that. And uh, obviously the company grew into this big conglomerate, had a lot of marketing people and VPs and everything. But... What it did was it taught me a lot about the, uh, the industry and working with distributors. Uh, it maintained what I was passionate about, and that was charity, because in my role as a vice president of PR and marketing, 
I was able to use our resources to help raise money for a variety of charity organizations around the entire country. You know, um, so anywhere from the Children's Hospital here locally to the Mandela Foundation out of New York City. So it allowed me to continue on with that spirit of giving and learn more about being able to give and what big resources can do for these charities. So uh, that was a great ride. I really enjoyed everything I learned over there. The people were fascinating. Um, and the industry itself, I always say, I wish they taught this in college or high school because this is a really cool industry, right? Yeah. You never hear anything about it. So um, what happened there was they, they went for sale and Diageo bought basically the U.S. operations and most of us were looking for work or something to do from there. Um, and I happened to be in a position, as you know, all these years I've been racing off-road in Mexico, another one of my passions down there. And I had the opportunity about the transition of Kettle One to meet a family member from a distillery in the city of Amatitan, Mexico, which is right next to Tequila. And he says, oh, you got a Kettle One card. You know something about this business? I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. I know a little bit. And he says, well, we make great tequila. If you want to come down, maybe you can think about you know creating a brand or something. And uh, I said, well, I want to try your tequila first. I wasn't a tequila drinker. I was a vodka guy. But... Um, he brought the tequila up and we tasted it. And uh, what I realized to me was it was like the days when we tasted Kettle One against Absolute. There's, they're both vodkas, but they're different. And the tequila that his family was making was much different than anything I ever had. And um, I instantly, my, my motto is just say yes. Um, I love opportunities and when they come my way, I like to say yes to them, you know, and figure out the rest. So uh, I said, yeah, I'm, I want to come down to Mexico and meet your family and uh, the whole bit. And we created a brand called Azunia Tequila, which you're familiar with. You've been to our old corporate headquarters. And uh, that was in 2008, 2009. And we just had a great, successful ride with it. Uh, we had incredible investors that uh, supported us in everything we do. And um, we were passionate about giving back. We gave back to the families down there in Baja. We created jobs up here. Hired a number of the uh, Kettle One employees that were looking for work. So we tried to carry that vision and theme um, throughout my career, and, and we were ultimately able to do that as at Azunia Tequila, too. So uh, a lot of fun to do that project. Yeah, it sounds like it. And look, I, it sounds like everything that you've done up until starting Baja United Wines was preparing you for this moment. You took all that history of giving back and working in the spirits and the food and beverage industry and everything to put it into Baja United. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the vicinity of where the wine comes from. Where, let's talk about it's Valle de Guadalupe. Yeah, yeah, no, and I love I love answering this question because you know we're talking about this a lot now, right? And we're talking about it around the country, and people go, "Oh, where do I fly into?" Especially Southern California natives. I said, "You don't have to fly anywhere. Just get in your car in the parking lot. It's a two-hour drive to the border." And it's a one-hour drive south of the border. So if you're in Southern California, then this is in your backyard. You could be in the Valle before you could get to Napa. On a rough day, you can get there almost before you can get to, to Mecula. Um, so you cross the border. It's an hour south. It's just a little bit north of Ensenada. And then you hit the uh, either Highway 1 or Highway 3 east, and in five minutes, you're in the valley. That's really, really a neat region. And what about the region? Okay, so it's like I've never heard about it, but is is there, are there hotels there? Is there a town? What is it? Yeah, so that's the other neat part about um, the valley is that 
there's some properties that have been there for a very long time. So, for example, our partner, Monte Chenique Wineries, they just celebrated their 30th year. Um, whereas Santo Tomas Winery, they've got a 100-year history down there. Um, so there's a little bit of everything. Uh, there is some of the top restaurants in the world now. There's two uh, world-renowned chefs. They're on that top 100 list. That uh, they're, they're got wonderful places to have dinner. And then there's a variety of everything else in between. There used to be a, a little Russian community, so you can get Russian and, and authentic empanadas in one area, or you can get the traditional street taco in the area, uh, in the other. And then there is some hotels to stay in the valley. Uh, they have some water restrictions down there, so they don't have a lot of hotels, which is cool because you don't see these mass properties taking over. And um, I'll say one of the, the, my favorite parts about the deal is that every winery is off of a dirt road. And uh, whenever I meet the executives or the owners, I'm like, whatever you do, don't pave the road, right? So um, it does have a lot of that backcountry feel to it. Um, it is off a highway, but you hit those dirt roads and you, and you wind up out at the wineries. And um, So it really is a neat collection down at what you would expect to be a traditional valley, mountains on both sides, and they're right down the center of it. Interesting. Yeah, okay, well, I'm definitely going to be going down there at some point. It sounds really interesting and the photos that you and Eric have showed me just look it's like a desert oasis is yeah. what it looks like yeah well what's fun is I go down there I take pictures on my iPhone and I send them up to our social media Evelyn who runs that she's like send me more pictures what's really cool about the valley is is that um, you've got a, a good mix of all different types of artists so you've got kind of that millennial look and feel in some places where they're just blowing your mind with crazy colors and you know, they've got this dead tree in the middle of a pond, but it's like super serene and calming, like Zen, you know, type. And then you've got these really incredible um, architectural buildings where they're either blended into the mountain or they stand out. You've got Tuscan Villa style. So everybody's got their own little footprint down there and you get a little bit of each of it. And I'll tell you um, what I love the most about it. And I can say this firsthand. Um, I was in Napa last week for two days. And, you know, that's almost a valley, you know, you drive down the main highway, the wineries are on both sides. So it's very similar in the structure, but the difference, and this is the coolest part, is that when you drive down the highway in Napa, you don't have that warm welcome feeling like you can turn down any road and they're going to be like, hey, come in and taste our wine. Whereas in Baja, all the doors, all the gates are open. You know, you just know you're going to be welcomed when you show up to these places. You know, no reservation, just roll in. And they're going to taste y'all wine. I'd say the pores are much more generous down in Baja than they are anywhere else in the world, right? So um, I just love that about it because, you know, you got people that want to explore. Like you said, you know, you definitely want to get down there. Well, if you're an explorer and you reach out and you go down there, you're going to have a great time. And that's what I, we, it delivers on the promise. That's the cool part. Yeah, you know, it, wine to me is not just about the taste of the wine or the label or the name or the winery. It's about the adventure that goes along with it. And what you're describing and the photos that I've seen, it's like Valle de Guadalupe has everything that you could want. It's got this experiential offering of the location and the wineries and the people and the food and everything too. I would never have known that some of the top chefs are there either. Yeah. And so th- it's kind of funny how this all came about for me. You know, Eric drugged me down there, and, uh, you know, usually it's in a marketing capacity for Blue Sea, and it's all formal, but he drags me down there to do this winery thing, and I'm sitting at El Cielo Winery. We're looking out over the valley, and, of course, it's clear, sunshine day. He must have ordered it up, and he's sitting there looking at me. He's like, so what do you think? I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool. He goes, 
well, how about importing wine, you know, because you know how to do those kinds of things, and let's bootstrap this new business idea. And I'm like, you know what? I'm looking around at LCL. It's like this beautiful Tuscan village. The food was amazing. The wine's incredible. They're Chardonnay. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> so, you know, that's literally how it happened, too. We're sitting out there, and he got me right on the spot, you know. I said, yeah, he knows. My answer is always yes, right? So um, it's perfect timing. But, yeah, the valley's incredible. Good, good. Okay, so look, let's let's talk about the business model because you've got the wine, you've created these partnerships with wineries. What's the business model to bring the product over here and distribute it and get it out there? Well, you know, um, as much as I love Baja to play, I had to look at it as what what can be the business model or how do we create something? And that was one of the takeaways with my first few meetings with Eric and our first few discussions. Um, as you know, you, you've had some involvement. We've been involved with these orphanages down in Baja for 10 solid years on, on these pushes with our race efforts. And throughout the year, um, we only make it down there once or twice, you know, for a race. And we donate to the orphanages and we come home. And it's not that you forget about them, but you're not down there. And I would get the emails every month. Hey, we need this. We need that. So I wanted to figure out how can we help them on a regular basis. So I proposed to Eric, I said, look, let's create a business with purpose. And that's our tagline, live with purpose, but also that's sustainable. So we can't just bootstrap this. Let's create something that's sustainable for the long term so we can always give back to these orphanages. So, you know, it's kind of something we put up front and we're going to stand behind that. And I know a lot of successful companies, they'll make the money. They'll be like, okay, who are we going to donate to? We want to say up front, we're doing that first and foremost, right? Turned off some investors, but it's okay with us, you know? Um, so the first portion of our business model is let's create something that's sustainable that gives back. The second thing is, you know, as I talked about, we're going around these wineries and they're just beautiful and eclectic. And they got all these things that you would know that translate into success. But we had to find what are their needs. And although some of them had imported very little amounts up to the U.S., they were always hesitant to... Uh, come to a, a formal distribution agreement with a big company like Young's Market Company, who my partner is. And so we spent some time with them, educating them on, um, hey, you are the brand. You control where you want to go with this thing. So don't be intimidated by the United States and or the distributor to you know, demand what they want. We control that. And that's one of the things that I need to convince them of is let's work together with your strategy and bring it to the U.S., and educate the distributor on what's important to you as a winery. So, as you know, when you have a brand, it's brand story, brand history, you know, tasting notes from your product, how you want it to be sold and who you want it to be sold to, mm -hmm. right? So that was part two of the business model. Part three was, okay, now we got to go sell this stuff, right? So um, I called Young's Market Company. I've got a few friends over there. I've been working with them for 30 years. And I said, hey, look, I'm thinking about this project. I was already all in, but I'm thinking about this project. What do you think? And a good friend in the business, Matt Frazier, he's the vice president of sales for Southern California. He says, Jim, I've been looking for Baja wines to bring up here. I said, really? I said, did you go down there? He goes, no. He goes, but it's my job to know what's up and coming. And in my mind, that's Baja wine and rum. He goes, I know you're not doing rum, but if you're doing Baja wine, I'll take whatever you got. And uh, so that's really how we, we kind of knew, okay, we've got something here, right? I got Eric on the phone. I said, we got to do this now. So... Um, Formalized our relationship with Young's. We built some strategies with them on how we launched this. And now, keep in mind, this is something that they've been looking for, right? So we knew that we could fill a gap that they had in their own minds. 
And um, we went to market with that. And we signed with uh, Monte Chenique Winery first. Like I mentioned, they're, they've been around 30 years. They've got a great mix of traditional wines, meaning they've got a Chardonnay, a Sauvignon Blanc, a Cabernet, and Merlot, which is easy to translate into the U.S. market. And one of the great things about Baja wines and learning more about them is that they really are pioneers in the category of making wine, and they do a lot of great blends, right? So you'll go down there and you'll see all kinds of crazy blends that you and I might not be familiar with because we're not super wine geeks. So those would be tougher to bring up yep. because we're not only educating people on Baja wines in the new region, and by the way, here's a cool blend. All we're educating now is Baja is a great region for growing wine. They are pioneers, but here's some traditional styles that you might appreciate. And they go through those styles, then we can graduate them to the Tempranillos and the Malbecs and you know big blends by Venicava and some of these other things. And uh, so we love the partnership with Monte Chenique and um, that part of the business plan. So, you know, those three big components are what we considered to, to make this business model work. From there, and, uh, you know, I got to it first, is I've got a great marketing company um, in my back pocket in Eric Morley of Blue Sea Advertising. And the reason why that's so important is, as you know, when you're building a brand, and you're really, we're building a category out because Baja wine, Mexican wine, doesn't really exist in the U.S., you walk into your local liquor store and see Italy, France, Napa, Baja, right? So having a marketing company as my partner, which is very innovative on their part to be a partner instead of me being a client, right? Um, we can create this category with all the bells and whistles that we need to create the category and really showcase it to the world. You know, this is the United States. Everybody looks here, especially when you think about Napa wines. So in creating a category itself and being bold enough to say, you know, put, put the stake in the sand. We're going to create this category. We're going to do it well. Um, we couldn't have done that without having a marketing partner. Because A, as a new company, the resources it would take to hire a marketing company to do that would be astronomical, right? Um, and you would have to convince a whole slew of investors why you needed to spend all this money on marketing. So Lucy's made a huge investment in this project. And I think it's very innovative on their side because here they are partnering with the brand to help grow their business as well at the same time and show others that they can do this. But, but for us in the category, we're able to lay the stake in the sand and showcase Baja. And it's one of the things that we talk a lot about with the wineries down there, um, of building a strategy around the creation of a category. We're not just in this to make a dollar. And I think that that's been what their experience was in some of these smaller importers you know, you got uh, what I call mom and pop shop. No, no offense to mom and pops because I have a couple of those businesses. But, you know, you're, you're looking at making a dollar to support your family, not to build a category out. And in our case, we're looking at a category. So when we meet uh, with wineries, we look at all their resources, you know, what the experience is going to be for a consumer that comes down here for the first time. If they go down, are, are they going to deliver on that first time visit from somebody from the United States? Because I'm up here blowing the bugle. Gotta go, gotta go. I want them to land there at one of my partner's properties and have that full experience. So when they you know, arrive to tasting the wine and leaving, they're going, wow, that was incredible, right? So that's part of our criteria of who we're working with and why. So we've spent a lot of time, there's over 120 wineries right now in the valley. Wow. We're, we're working with roughly five to 10, right? Because they're gonna deliver on all those promises. So it's not only you know, the arrival and the delivery of what the consumer sees, the quality of the wine, their growth model, their potential, their ability to understand building a strategy and, and sending it to the U.S. And, and working together on what that plan looks like, not for a day, but for maybe 18 months at a time. 
Um, as I mentioned to you before the show, we spent two and a half hours with the brand that wants to work with her, with us just talking strategy and making sure that they understand that. And they felt like they were burdening us. And we were thanking them for the conversation because we could do a better job if we knew what their strategy was, right? So there's been a lot of criteria that's gone into this that maybe most people wouldn't think about um, because it's a new category. And that's what excites us the most that we're building this category out, right? Yeah, and you know, it's like it's the category, but there's also this experiential element that's coming into play too where people can drink the wine, but now there's an opportunity for them to go down to the winery and experience the region and the food and the culture. But there's also this element of giving back as well, which you don't see too often in the spirit space. Now, you know, let's talk a little bit about the branding, because I think that's one of the first things that I noticed is that it's like the branding is really good, soup to nuts. How did that come about and where is it headed? What's the future of this? Because in my thinking, what, knowing you and Eric, you're not thinking just wines. I yeah. think there's something else under the hood. Yeah, and you know, we're at the point now where we can start talking about that. And, uh, you know, if you haven't heard the term from Eric or any previous conversations, maybe this is a little bit mind-blowing. But talk about putting a big stake in the sand. For me, when I look at this, and, and you're a Baja guy. You get it, right? 100%. I don't have to sell you on Baja. You know when you cross that border, and, and, and I do too, that all of a sudden you're just at ease you're like, wow, you know, here I am. I took a sommelier down last week and driving down the coast. He's been down, he's been going consistently for the last seven years. When you see that coastline, driving down Highway 1 on a toll road, he's like, Jim, it never gets old. And he's like taking pictures the whole way. As he's telling me, I've been coming down here for seven years, like once a week. I'm like, he still appreciates that. So our big stake in the sand is we want to be, for the next generation, the Margaritaville, if you will. Meaning... Baja United wants to represent all great things that we've experienced in Baja the last 20, 30 years, from the surf culture to the cervezas. We, we're in the process of working with a brewery down there to bring up our own beer. Um, we're very excited about that. We have a tour uh, company partner already, Boca Roja, so we're already sending people down there through our tour partners because we want them to experience some of these things. By the way, the tour partner does not only wine trips, uh, beer trips, and surfing trips, right? Um, down the road, and if anybody's listening, we're, uh, well, I know a lot of people are listening. Um, we're looking at branding out um, corporate properties like hotels. So when you talk about the branding caught your eye right off the bat, and by the way, you know, again, all Blue Sea marketing, you know, listening to what our vision was and, and his team of people going, okay, we think we got this, right? I would say almost the first round of comps that came my way were spot on because they listened, right? It was all about the orphanages, the people, the experience, and all the things that we love about Baja. And uh, some of the team had been down to Baja with me, and I mean outside of Eric, because we've been, we're old hat together, but some of the team had been down there for some races. So they really understand what I was trying to tell them. Like, hey, we want to capture all this essence and spirit of Baja. We want to put it in a company called Baja United, and then we want to build this out so that when people want to experience maybe what our parents experienced with Margaritaville, they don't have to go to Key West. They can just come to Baja, two hours south, right, from Orange County, and have this culture and lifestyle. And we want to be that portal for all those things. You know, So to me, that's the big vision. You're right. We had more up our sleeves, and, and we're slowly checking the boxes and starting some of those projects. Yeah, it sounds like it. And you're right. Look, every time I go down to Mexico, I feel as if I'm being transported to 
a completely different country, which it is, but I, it never gets old. I'm still like a kid going down there for the first time, and that coastline is beautiful, but you know, I beeline it for the restaurants, mm-hmm. and I want the food and the cervezas, but now I can also get the uh, wine as well. So look, this is a great story. I'm so stoked we got a chance to talk about it. Um, if people want to buy the wine, where can they go? You know, you want to go to Baja United Wines, okay, and, and you can purchase the wine there. We're running different discounts, so make sure you sign up for the newsletter and, and stay tuned with what we're doing. You can go to Baja United Group and see some of our global pictures, uh, the beer that's coming out soon, as well as the travel portal and things like that. And watch the story unfold, man, because I'm telling you, this thing's going to be awesome. We've already got, uh, we've been talking about merchandise and things like that, you know. You mentioned uh, Pac Sun being part of your history. I envision going into a Pac Sun and seeing a Baja United end cap that has some kind of cool Baja United surfwear and things like that because we're building that culture out. So go to Baja United Wines, Baja United Group, check out our Instagram, Baja United, and uh, follow our story because it's coming for sure. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Jim. Appreciate yeah. it. Great story. And I'm going to pick up some wine on the way home for the wife. Perfect. Really good to see you. Thank good. you. Thanks.